Hello everybody, I'm Matt Micucci and you are listening to Jazz's Travel. Hello everybody, Jazz's online editor Matt Mikucci here welcoming you to a new episode of Jazz's Travel, our weekly podcast series of globe-trotting conversations with or about groundbreaking and innovative artists, exploring jazz and creative music in different parts of the world, cross-cultural projects and expanding on the concept of travel. Miriam El-Hajli is a composer, improviser and folklorist whose work is influenced by the rich musical tradition of her Venezuelan, Moroccan and North American heritage. Her anticipated second album, The Uncertainty of Signs, will be released on the 22nd of February on Numina Records. The Uncertainty of Signs features a wide cast of players performing on instruments of various cultures and traditions. Al-Hajji describes it as her search for the metaphysics of song and an exploration of the surreal and the symbolic. Without further ado, fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our conversation with Miriam El-Hajli. Hello, Miriam. Welcome to Jazz is Travel. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Oh, it's a real pleasure uh, to speak with you. What part of the world are you speaking from right now? Right now, I'm in uh, the Lower East Side in uh, Manhattan. In a moment, we'll be talking about your upcoming album, The Uncertainty of Signs. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing album. And uh, there's lots that I want to ask you. But firstly, I wanted to ask you something that I like to ask at the beginning of these podcast conversations because this is the first time we talk so it's a bit of an icebreaker question everyone has their stories and their own backgrounds and I'm very curious do you remember when it was that music entered your life and uh, do you have an earliest memory musical memory that you remember yeah um bueno I was I sang with my family growing up so probably one of my earliest memories is being in my grandmother's backyard on Christmas and the whole family gathering and playing instruments and singing Christmas songs uh, in Venezuela. Was your family musical? 
Yeah, you know, I think in it, it depends on the culture. But you know, you're Irish, so you know that uh, music is it's just whatever we when we feel the spirit and the spirit moves us, everyone breaks into song. You know, um, whether that means it's a sea shanty or everyone's drunk at the pub, it's a time for a song. So, so yes, uh, I I grew up you know with a family that played music but also i think every family really was musical but yes my family was particularly um a, a lot of them were singers and composers in, oh, right, uh, in right, venezuela right. yeah so was it early in life when you decided that music would become important to you in the sense that maybe you would want to learn it and perhaps mm. you know uh start your career so to speak it's a terrible word to use when you speak of art it's more of a calling i think right Music was always, I guess, um, used for ceremonial purposes, no? And then there was an industry created around it, just as in any sort of expression. Um, but I think I view music as a as another form of just being, and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to make your um, s- support yourself financially through it. And I think really some of my favorite musicians are. I don't know, plumbers in the day or cooks or, or stay-at-home moms, um, but they have, they have a lot of soul in them too because they've lived life, you know, they've, they've lived it with depth and honesty and sincerity. So um, I just always was singing in some way. At this point, I have the, you know, the good fortune of being able to also sustain myself through it, but I do a lot of other weird things. I think it helps me stay well-rounded i think we all kind of do right <laughs> yeah we. Have i read uh, actually while we're in the topic of uh weird things i don't necessarily yeah. think this is uh weird at all i actually think it's mm. super interesting but uh, correct me if i'm wrong i read that you are also into miming and puppeteering is that uh, is that right <sighs> yeah yeah man um i met a community here in uh in brooklyn that have been working with a puppet troupe that started in the 1960s um, by a man named Peter Schumann. And uh, he was sort of an avant-garde German artist and came to the States and started this sort of very radical puppet troupe called Bread and Puppet up in Glover. And um, I met these folks and I just said, this is is where it's at, you know? they, I think a performance that can also be enjoyed by children is, is, is a true mark of, of what is being communicated. And I really was drawn towards that expression. And, and, and I mean, it's ancient. No, <laughs> theater yeah. is, is the origin. Of- and uh, so, but when it comes to your music, Miriam, mm. and especially in this album, it's so much of it seems to be about blending various sounds, instruments and textures of various traditions. Does that have something to do with uh, your background? Because um, you were born in the States, but you really have an interesting yes. uh, background, Venezuelan and Moroccan uh, background. Yeah, I mean, all, all we can do is, is step to the, to the rhythm uh, within us, no? So, you know, I am the synthesis of, of these two two individuals and, and, and I was born through them and I carry the harmonies and melodies and, and stories and rhythms within me, even if I don't, if, even if I'm unable to name them or uh, they're in my steps. So I think it's trying to find 
trying to allow and make space for what is within you to um, to come out. Because all we all we can really do is is truly embody um, our own voice and self and background. And a, a tree is is it has to be a tree. It can't be anything else, you know. So I I'm just trying to be uh, yeah to just do what what is natural uh, for me. Uh-huh. Have you gotten to visit uh, Venezuela and Morocco or spend time there, significant amounts of time there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spent, I lived in Venezuela as a child for many years. And mm. um, my my mother and I were the only ones in the United States. So I had no family really here. Um, my mother immigrated in her early 20s. So yeah, I would go back and, and spend summers with my grandmother. And um, she was a singer. And um, she's the one that she was my muse and taught me just sort of in her own way through her gestures and through her way of being um, there was a transmission there and I you know I I'm a musician because of her or I've decided to continue down this path um, sort of to be able to embody the unlived life you know that she she couldn't because she didn't have the opportunity to follow her her freedom really you know as a mother of six and so yeah, I, I'm, I am because she was, you know. And when you think back to Venezuela, uh, mm. what are some of the sounds, textures, and colors that come to your mind? Yeah, well, and I will say um, as well that I, I have been, I was back in Morocco before the pandemic, seeing family. Um, but I, I draw um, a lot of similarities between the two cultures that are, you know, quite family oriented, and there's there's always um generosity and laughter i mean obviously this is painting a a romantic picture but it is my memory you know um, my memory that isn't really doesn't exist now because the place has completely sort of submerged in its own problems but i think of uh i think of polyrhythms you know in in both in both uh across the seas uh it's a certain rhythm a certain step a certain swing a duende, you know, um, mm. in the way that music is played and expressed. In a way, the song, it's not about you. And that's what I love about folk music and these songs that are passed down throughout generations. It's that you are a vehicle to transmit this verse, this song, this sentiment, but your voice is singing the song that has been sung thousands of times before you. And so there's a sense of like a communal way of thinking about about song and and it's and that's what I was drawn to. Yeah, everyone can sing it, and every as long as it's done with honesty and, and sincerity, then then the song will will uh, resonate with the audience. And I, and you seem yeah. to have a, a, an awareness and a passion for it because you spend uh, so much time researching and actually studying these these folk traditions and musics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always drawn towards folk music. And uh, luckily, I've had, you know, the fortune of spending a lot of time at, at the archive and just listening to records all day long, trying to find, like, what is the essence and what are the commonalities globally in, in folk traditions in terms of there's a certain form uh, called alabao, which is a certain type of song that's sung when a child dies, right? Uh, processional sort of. And, and, and you can find this form throughout the world, this certain type of song that is sung 
only when a child dies or when there is a birth, when the day before Christmas, you know, it's, yeah, our, our cultural heritage is, <laughs> is very important to, um, to remember. Slowly declining spine over quicksand I have surrendered to the fates of Burpand Polish the landmark with every portal you have drawn And slowly the nectar song matter is rotting Palms form the grayscale of unbecoming My smile is wider than any Brazilian boy The track you are hearing is Grayscale from the anticipated second album by Miriam El Hajli, The Uncertainty of Signs, which will be released on the 22nd of February on Numina Records. The album features a wide cast of players performing on instruments of various cultures and traditions, and she will be performing a show with the full band at Joe's Pub in New York City on February 15th. Without further ado, here is the second part of our conversation with Miriam El Hajli. For all there is a song and dance, and the grace skill will soon collapse as if by chance. For all there is a song and dance, and the grace skill will soon collapse as if by chance. For all there is a song and dance, as if by So speaking about your new album, actually, uh, which I remind our listeners is called The Uncertainty of Signs, uh, what I also read about it is that um, you were also searching for the metaphysics of song. What do you mean by that? My mom's a social worker and a psychologist, and, and, and so I sort of grew up my whole life very curious about dreams <clears throat> and the symbols that, you know, I grew up with a lot of Jung and, and reading mythology and... Um, at the time when this song first, or when this record was emerging, there was a house fire where I lived. And uh, to me, that was sort of the <laughs> beginning uh, symbolically of what this record would be about. I, I saw it in a way very literally as, as my, my house, my body, my, uh, there, was, there, was a, there was a reckoning and there was a resurrection of sorts um, or a sort of starting over. Um, and with these songs, I was actually really just trying to translate visually what I was seeing in my dreams and see how they would be translated sonically. So when you're talking about with the textures and the, in the record, I was trying to create a dreamscape really with each song and draw from the symbols that I was seeing in my inner eye or whenever the veil would be thin between the unseen and the seen or the dream world and, and the reality. So yeah, that, that, that's sort of what I mean about the metaphysics of song. It's, it's, it's finding the, each layer and each dimension that surrounds uh, 
the song and the, the circumference of it. And, and so I, I presume that's kind of the, the meaning of the title. Uh, but that kind of mm. uh, leads me to ask you, what what does the uncertainty part of the title then mean? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think we all have our own mythology, you know, when we see certain symbols that we recognize. Um, you know, for me, I, I have a, a connection with a, a certain type of spiral. I think it's ancestral from my my dad's side because in the <clears throat> down the line we were uh, Amazigh, which are uh, the indigenous people of North Africa, and uh, the Amazigh have a big connection to to a spiral as much and as many indigenous folks. But so what I mean by that, in the sense, I usually had a way of listening to the language that the earth was trying to communicate to me or the spirit you know where you see certain signs and you know how to read them and you know what direction to take or what choice to make or when to yield and at that point in my life nothing was revealing itself to me anymore or i would i thought i knew what the sign meant and i would follow it and then it would lead me down a path that i hadn't envisioned or foreseen so when the house burned down, sort of that was the pinnacle of it. And um, I, I, I am a firm believer that you need to live the record you're making. I mean, you, you're speaking it into existence, you know, and the years following making this record and up to now, since it's done, I feel like I've just been living in a, in a very um, liminal, bizarre space, but I had to live the record fully and arrive at the other side with or without an answer but the chapter has been closed yeah that's interesting and it calls to mind one track when you're saying speaking it into existence uh golden god that you i believe defined as uh, your call out to heaven would you consider yourself a spiritual person i mean is spirituality something that is important in your life even beyond your music yeah i mean that's i think that's very uh, we all you know have our own personal viewpoint on that but I, I grew up on both sides with very very religious family uh, mostly my grandparents you know my my family in Morocco they were praying all day long my grandmother in Venezuela she's praying all day long um, they were in a constant trance and for me <laughs> seeing all sides of, of all different types of religions I I learned a lot um, just from their constant invocation or or prayer, and what I meant by a call to the heavens, it, it's it's an invocation for for the other world uh, or for the energy uh, to to be present and to guide you. Wait, wait, that's a whole nother discussion. But yes, uh, yeah, music is is very much my my way of praying. And, you know, we mentioned uh, various colors, sounds and textures. Fascinating mm. in your record because of just the instrumentation itself. And I wondered whether you'd be able to kind of, uh, for the benefit of the listeners too, who haven't uh, listened to the album yet, of course, as we're recording it, it's not even officially out. So <laughs> they'd be forgetting for that right now. But um, would you would you be able to maybe give us a, an, an overview of all of these instruments that come together on this record? Certainly. Yeah, man. I'll say that it wasn't necessarily by um, choice. It was I was just sort of rallying up 
all these friends that have had um, that have left a, a deep impression on me musically and um, in psychically and spiritually. I mean, these musicians are approaching their sound and their craft in in a very awesome way. And when you are making sound with others, you you all have to sort of have the same understand each other's manifestos. And we all were coming from the same place and <clears throat> and a lot of this is improvised. There I don't I don't write any of this music down. Um so we're all sort of learning how to dance together. But I'll say uh yeah we on bass uh we have Ike Sturm who's a dear old friend who's been in the sort of underground scene here for many years and Cedric Easton on drums. Uh he's from Ohio and grew up playing a lot of gospel and he's he's just one of the most brilliant you know thinkers and musicians I've met and we have Chris Dingman on vibes he was a mentor to me when I first came over to New York and he's just a stunning composer the way he approaches harmony yeah so we have vibraphone and then we had a string quartet some really old folks uh also based mostly in Ohio casa and they just i don't know I, it was a dream come true to have a string quartet as a guitarist and we have my friend Fidas Dik um from Haifa from Palestine he's playing the kanun he grew up in a house of folk musicians his mother is a very incredible folk singer <clears throat> in Palestine and uh we had yeah we had my friend Kamal who's uh, Algerian and he's also part of the same he's Kabil which is another indigenous group a uh, group of folks in in but we have like you know brothers and sisters all north african indigenous folks are are you know we're one family he's playing the krakib which is a, a a percussion instrument from from north africa and yeah and then i'm singing and playing guitar the whole time through and that's mostly it. and and it's you know done in different ways sometimes it's the full band sometimes it's trio sometimes solo we also have oh i forgot my my friend on flute and hulusi which is a chinese uh, uh sort of mouth organ flute situation and uh he's playing flute yeah just a lot a lot of a lot of sounds man it's got to paint you know but does uh, yeah. uh, improvisation remain at the heart of it then yeah i i mean i i have i view songwriting as well as a sort of you're opening the channel for a brief moment and right. you're you're yeah. improvising the song especially since i don't write things down and um and then i'm coming to the band and I'm showing them the song and we're all sort of I trust them enough they have their own language and I and we're as long as we're speaking the same language or even aware of what each person is trying to it it's a sense of respect and giving space for them to interpret it in their own way hmm. um because ultimately you're you're asking them as a as an entity as a as a whole human mind body soul to add uh to your vision or to your offering so you give them enough space to to paint and Miriam I thank you very much for joining us and talking with us about it it's been an absolute pleasure Yes, I feel fine. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation with Miriam El Hajli. Her new album, The Uncertainty of Signs, will be available on the 22nd of February on Numina Records. And I hope you will join me again next week for more globe charting conversations with or about great artists on a new episode of Jazz's Travel. In the meantime, make sure to check out jazzes.com for more great content. Till the next time, this is Matt Makuchi signing off. See you soon.